1: Good to see you all this morning. Hey, I just want to say, uh, it's a Southern thing. First of all. Okay. So I want to say happy Daytona day. All right. Do we have any NASCAR fans in the house at all? Any NASCAR? If you're a NASCAR fan, hold your hand up. Uh, Don't be ashamed. Come on. You're okay. I realize we're north of the Mason Dixon line, but it's okay. All right. Come on, NASCAR fans. Hold your hand up. We got any? Yeah, we got some. Awesome. Well, happy Daytona Day to you. Uh, this is uh, the start of the NASCAR season. It's been a big week down in Daytona already. Uh, for those that follow the sport, you know it's been an exciting time. For those that follow the sport also, you know that I'm um, a Dell Jr. fan, and Dell Jr. retired, went into retirement, okay? He still has his Xfinity Series teams and Uh, So this is my Dell junior shirt. However, the nationwide 88 car is still in the Rick Hendrick camp and Alex Bowman is our driver now for this car. And guess where he's starting the race? Number one, right? He's on the pole position. And so um, if you don't follow NASCAR at all, today would be a good time for you to check in because it's a pretty exciting race. Uh, one of the things I love about NASCAR is, number one, they're very patriotic. Number two, they're 100% supportive of the military. Uh, and it's just gasoline and oil and rubber and wrecks and turning left. I know, guys, all we do is turn left. I hear that all the time. But we turn left better than anybody else that turns left, right? So anyway, today's Happy Daytona Day. So uh, I got to get through this message because uh, we got a race to get home to, right? I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Actually, we do have several serious things that we need to pay attention to. Uh, thank you, Tyler. Let's put it right there and I'll... Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, we have several, a couple of serious things I want us to, to pray about this morning as a church family. And I'm just going to share some of these requests. And we have some of our church family that's not here because of this today. First of all, let's remember Andrew and Tim... I think it's already been mentioned about her. Uh, They're down in Tennessee with her mother. Her mother's in very poor health and very serious condition. So we want to lift up Andrea's mother in prayer. uh, And Tim and Andrea are there. Also, we want to pray for Dustin and Talia. His grandmother uh, passed away and they're traveling to South Dakota this morning. So the Sega family is all in route today to uh, South Dakota, so we want to pray for them as they're traveling out for uh, for that funeral service. Also, Marty Gold is any of her family here? I know she had surgery this week, but she came out of surgery successfully this week. So the Gold family's not here. So let's continue to lift up Marty in prayer. Let's also p- pray for um, Phil's grandmother that had a heart attack. Okay, you, you have an update on her that we can share. Sh- is she still in the hospital for evaluation what have you? Okay. So uh, let's continue to pray for Phil's grandmother in the hospital for that. So we have many prayer requests. So uh, why don't we just take a moment here and pray together. Uh, let's lift up these requests. Let's pray for our, our, continue to pray for our service. Uh, you know, I just love coming to church as a, as a church family. And I think right here is a, one of the big reasons we, we pray together. We laugh together. Uh, And There's times when we can rejoice together and laugh together, but then there's times when we cry together and we lean on each other and we need the support of our church family. So that's very important. So let's lift up these prayer requests in prayer and, and then we'll continue in our service together, okay? Father, thank you so much for our time together today. And Lord, we do love you. And we call on you in all times. In the, in the good times, Lord, we praise you. And in the difficult times, Lord, we call unto you. And we need your strength and your mercy and your grace and your peace. And, and Father, I pray, Lord, for these families that are, that are suffering heartache. Our church family. Uh, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to lift them up. Uh, encourage them. May they feel your presence and your peace. I pray for those that are sick. Uh, ...that you touch them and, and bring healing to them. For those that have passed, I pray you feel the void that's going to be in the, in the family's life. And Lord, for those that are traveling, watch over them. Lord, we lift up these specific prayer requests this morning. And Tyler's already mentioned it, but also our hearts are heavy with the shooting down in Florida. Lord, we ask that uh, you just intervene in that and, uh, and the families that lost loved ones. Lord, it's a senseless killing... Uh, And there's really no excuse for it. And we just pray, God, that you touch the hearts and lives of those individuals and those families. Uh, Lord, heal our nation. It's only going to happen when our nation falls on our face before you. The last thing we need are more gun laws. We don't need more regulation. We need a brokenness. We need to get back to where we look to you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We've got a moral issue problem. And Lord, help us, Lord, to, to look to you. We call on you, God. Help our nation to turn back to you. Uh, We've taken moral absolutes out of our schools. We've taught our kids there is no right and wrong. We've we've taken the Bible away from everything. Um, We've become so tolerant of everything. And Lord, your word tells us how we are to live our lives. And if we would just follow your word, then I think a lot of these tragic killings would decrease. Lord, we ask your your blessings on our nation help us to, to get into our right senses and right minds and turn our hearts and lives back to you. We pray, Lord, for our service. We ask you to speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let me give you a couple little praise items here. I forgot to hook up my, uh, my remote for my slides here. And the easiest thing for me to do is to pull this bag out because I knew Tyler would never find this hidden down in the bottom. Okay, you guys good? All right, hang in there with me. Hey, we do have a couple uh, exciting uh, news items here. First of all, if there's a glow, let me see, I'm trying to do this and talk at the same time, forgive me. If there is a glow coming out of the sound booth and out of that back corner over there, It's because that Byron and Keon are grandparents. They had a grandbaby this past week. So congratulations, guys. And that's awesome. That's exciting. So uh, congratulations for you guys. And then I've got one more. I think uh, we've got a baby coming soon. Scott and Lexi. Wednesday morning. They're going to do a C-section Wednesday morning. So congratulations. Pray for Scott and for Lexi and... As uh, they uh, have that baby this week, so we're excited about that, right? So congratulations, guys. Hey, did I tell you it's Daytona Day? I just want to get my, make sure my remote was working, right? So happy Daytona Day to you all. By the way, several this week have been asking and maybe came to the realization that we do have a church app. Uh, somebody was saying something Donetta was sharing with me that... You know I said she told them to look on your app for the directory for all different groups that you're in. you can do your tithe and offering with your app. So if you have not downloaded our church app, just go to Simple Church. as a matter of fact, um, if you have your device, go ahead and do that right now. Let me show you what it looks like. Hopefully mine comes up here. Just go to uh, to Simple Church and it will come up looking something like this, okay. It's for the Apple devices, for Android devices. If you just go to your Play Store uh, or Google Play or your, what's what's Apple go to? Their App Store. Uh, Just go there and just download, type in Simple Church. Simple Church CRM There's a couple other Simple Church things out there uh, But it's Simple Church CRM Download that on your devices And then um, to get it set up You're going to have to see Donetta So right after the service today If you want to see Donetta She'll help you get set up on that um, And er- then you can have access to everything with our church With all of your different groups and what have you So how many of you guys are familiar with that? You, most of you guys know that How many of this first time you heard that? Okay, there's been several of you, so be sure you go there and download that. If you need help, call into the church office, see myself, see Donetta. We'll help you get logged in there, and and, uh, every group that you're in, what have you, we can assist you with that, okay? So it's a great resource. You have an entire church directory, everybody's information uh, that allows themselves to be on the church directory. You'll have it there with Simple Church, okay? Today we're talking about priorities. We're going to try to wrap this thing up. I've got about 20, 25 minutes here, and we've been on this series about priorities in our life and priority number one is our personal relationship with jesus christ right And we talked about that. We unpacked that several weeks ago. So priority number one in life, in order to to live a blessed life, in order to have the, I call it the, the, the wind under your wings in life, and that's the presence of the Holy Spirit blessing you and leading you and guiding you, then we've got to get our priorities in order, right? A lot of things happen and get messed up in our life, and usually we can trace it back to our priorities got whacked up somehow. Okay, so number one thing in our personal life is our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you get that vertical relationship where it needs to be, it's amazing how these horizontal relationships and life things just start falling into place. When this one is the way it's supposed to be. Okay. So we unpacked that several weeks ago. And by the way, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't get that simply by being a church member or taking communion or being baptized or just going to church on Sunday or just trying to be a good person. You do that by realizing you're a sinner. Every single one of us. We're sinners, and Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We repent of our sins, we trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, and then we live for Him, right? So go back and listen to the podcast, that whole message is there. Personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The second thing in our priorities is our relationship with our spouse, okay? So it's our relationship with Christ, and then our relationship with our spouse. That's the second most important priority in all of our life Is our our relationship with our spouse Third one is our relationship with our children We unpacked that one a couple of weeks ago And even last week we spoke On parenting and children So I'm not going to go and really Unpack all that again But we have our relationship with Christ We have our relationship with our spouse We have our relationship with our children I thought what is that I'm hearing That's the kids over there You hear that? That's a joyful sound, right? I don't. I, I love hearing that. I hope that doesn't bother you. I love hearing it. You remember we started this church in 1999. I remember coming to the church. We had three or four of us, and it was quiet. So I love noise. I love fingerprints on the glass. I love donuts in the parking lot. That means people's doing something at the church, right? And I don't know about all that, but I like to smell of rubber. So anyway, I shouldn't have said that. I like people being around here, okay? It doesn't bother me when there's a nick in the door or something happens. We'll patch it up and repair it because I remember when it was all perfect and nobody came to church, right? Okay, that's a sidebar. I shouldn't have got off on that. Relationship with Christ, then our spouse, then our children. Moms, let me tell you something here. If you put your children before your husband, your life's going to be messed up, okay? There's going to be some ramifications of that. Your relationship with, with Christ, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your children. And then slash priority number four is simply just our our career. OK, so you can't mess this one up either. You can't put your career or your job above your family. You can't put your career or your job above your spouse. You can't put your career or your job above your relationship with Jesus Christ. listen. You've got to get these things in order. Now, there's a way that we should live out our life according with our careers and our jobs. And I'm going to talk about that. How we can be a witness for Christ on our jobs. And what can happen when we get these priorities in order. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about and give you some help about how we can live our lives and be a witness for Christ on and in our careers and on our jobs. But when you get these out of order, folks... Your life is going to be out of order, and you're going to feel the ramifications of that, okay? So everybody should have their sermon notes. Do you have these? Okay, if you do not have a sermon note, raise your hand, and our guys will get those to you real quickly. But I want to share with you how you can serve God on your job. we got a couple that do not have them. They're getting them to you there, okay? Hold your hands up. If you need sermon notes, we'll get them to you. Guys, you realize there was a survey that was done on Americans, and the survey said this. That 65% of American workers are unhappy on their jobs. 65% of American workers are unhappy on their jobs. Now I realize there's a lot of folks that have reasons for that and, uh, and they say, Well, you don't understand my job, you don't understand my boss, you don't understand the environment that I'm in. Well, I'm going to speak to that briefly here in just a moment. But how many of you guys look forward to going to work on Monday morning? Yes, yeah, some do, some don't. You know, I, I don't know, but I don't mind work. I like to work, right? And by the way, there's uh, some time back I was preaching on the job and the career and stuff. I think it may have been Labor Day sermon. And I said, hashtag work is not the curse, right? Work is not the curse. And that was a hashtag that we kind of promoted and threw around out here. Uh, work is not the curse, And I've seen people that work harder to get out of work, and if they would just do the work, they'd be working less than what they're doing to try to get out of work. Right? You you understand what I'm saying? Work should be, it should be good. We should should enjoy going to work. I don't know about you, but if I'm sitting around too long, just twiddling my, I mean, I enjoy vacations, but I just can't be on an extremely long vacation. I mean, I, I love to go camping. We love to go hiking. We love to do things like that. But, you know, I can just... I can just sit around the campground for so long, right? I got to do something, right? So that's why we try to to be active when we go camping. I mean, I like to be active in doing something, and I love to work. I guess, you know, my dad, one of the values that he really instilled in us kids was the value of working hard, right? Working hard, hard, good, hard work. And you never went to my dad and told my dad you were tired, ever, right? Right? You never went to my dad saying, you know what, dad, I, I, I just don't, I'm just tired today. Oh, that just, and that's kind of how it is with me too. Boy, that's kind of the worst thing. The last thing I want to hear from him. Oh, I'm just so tired. Why are you tired? You know, right? My dad also, he never went to him and told him he had any problems sleeping. Oh, I just can't sleep. I just can't sleep at all. He said, well, you're not working hard enough, right? <laughs> if, you, if you work harder, you'll sleep good. Right? Well, I'm just, I can only, I'm getting up in the middle of the night doing this. Well, you need to work harder. If you just work harder, you'll get tighter, more tired, tire, tired, tighter, not even more. you get more tired and obviously you'll sleep good. So we're going to talk a little bit about our jobs and our careers and working. So take out your sermon notes. Here's what I want you to get. I want you to see your everyday work. Everybody say the word Service. I want you to see your everyday work as a service to God. That's what you need to fill in the blank with. As a service to God. Listen to what the scripture says in Romans 12 and verse number 1. It says, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. And this is your spiritual worship. And then in Colossians 3 and verse 23, the scripture says, whatever you do, do it. What's the next word? Come on. Say the next word like you mean what it is you're going to be saying, right? Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically. Enthusiastically. As something done for the Lord and not for men. Guys, that includes your jobs. That includes your careers. Whatever you're doing, you want to present your body as a living sacrifice. Now, here's what I know. In the Old Testament, a dead sacrifice was acceptable, right? In the New Testament, it's a living sacrifice that God wants from us. Obviously, Jesus paid the supreme sacrifice on the cross. Now, we trust in him as our Lord and our Savior. Now, we go out, whatever it is that we're doing, and we're presenting our bodies, our service, as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. And when I'm working or whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm doing it unto the Lord and not unto men. So it doesn't matter what kind of boss you have. You're not working hard for your boss. Are you getting this? It doesn't matter what type of an environment you're in. You can be in a completely pagan environment, and we can see that in the life of Daniel. And I may or may not get to that in a moment, just depends on how far we get in this thing. But you can see it in the life of Daniel. Daniel had a pagan boss. He he was in a pagan culture. But yet he did his service well as unto the Lord. So when you go to your job in the morning, I want you to realize that I want you to see your everyday work as a service to who? To God. So therefore you can't go in lazy. You shouldn't go in late. A Christian Should be the very best worker on the job. Right? Yeah. Why? Because I love my boss has nothing to do with your boss. Because I love my job and the activity has nothing to do with that. Whatever you do, it says in Colossians, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. You see, I want to work hard, and I want to do well, and I'm going to give 110% of myself in anything that I do. Why? Because I am doing that for the Lord. I want my life to be a witness and a testimony of what Christ has done in me, and I I want to be the example. I want to live my life for Christ. I want to serve as if I'm serving the Lord. Does that make sense? So whatever it is, it doesn't matter if you're cleaning toilets. Or you're the CEO of some corporation. It doesn't matter if you've just got in the military and you have, you're the lowest rank or if you're the top officer. That stuff is, re- is regardless of any of that. And none of that determines how you should work. What determines how you should work is that Christ gave 100% of himself for me. I'm going to give 100% of my stuff for him. Every single day. So I want you to see your everyday work as a service to God. This will transform how you go to work on Monday. Now, most of you guys, this is holiday weekend, so most of you aren't even going to work tomorrow. Who who is off tomorrow? Raise your hand. Right? Enjoy your day off. Right? Nothing wrong with that. So Tuesday, when you go to work, there should be a transformation. Your boss should see something different in you. And when they say, what in the world's gotten unto you? Why are you working so hard for me? You say, oh, oh, you messed up right there. I'm not working hard for you. I'm working hard for the Lord. Now, you're probably going to benefit as a result of me working hard. And that's okay because my blessings don't come from you. They come from the Lord, right? I'm going to trust in him. I was talking with Bob this morning, and and we were talking about a situation. Bob, I'm not going to talk about the situation. But I thought, you know what, Bob? All of us, in general, we've got to come to the realization that our source and our, our resources do not come from our job. They come from the Lord. It's the Lord that... Takes care of my needs. It's the Lord that meets my needs physically and financially and spiritually and emotionally and relationally in every area of my life. It's God that's supplying all of my needs according to His riches and glory, right? So don't put 100% of your dependence upon your job, right? That is just the outlet or the tool that God is using to provide your needs, your sources in life, and your resources in life, and your income in life. It all comes from the Lord. And he can choose to use whatever means he wants to use to take care of you. Right? So my dependence is not on the church. It's not on a job. My dependence is on the Lord. And I'm going to look to him, the author and the finisher of my faith. To supply and take care of every need in my life. So as I realize that all of my resources come from the Lord, my dependence is upon Him, it's going to impact the way I work every single day and everything that I do. Why? Because we're going to do it. How are we going to do it? Enthusiastically. I want you to say it enthusiastically. How are we going to do work on our job or anything we do? We're going to do it how? Why? for the Lord. We're doing it for the Lord. I'm not doing it for man. I'm not even doing it for the praise of man. And I don't work hard just to get a promotion. I work hard because Christ gave his all for me. I'm going to give my all for him in everything that I do. And it's going to impact every area of my life. I am if I do something, and those that know me well know this. I'm doing something, I am all in, baby. You're getting all of me, right? All of it. I'm not going to halfway do anything. If, 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 I, if it's going to be halfway done, I don't even want to do it. Why? Because I want to do whatever I do enthusiastically as something that's done for the Lord and not for men. We could take that verse right now and go home and say, been good to be in church today. I got something out of that, Right? That's going to impact and change the way that I view my career and I work on my job. And it doesn't matter what your job is. You need to be the best at it, whatever it is. Give your best. I remember we had servant evangelism project going on here at one time. And one of the projects was we went up to Ace Hardware to where Becky manages the Ace Hardware up here in O'Fallon. And... I lined it up with her that, hey, we're going to come up there and we just want to serve as unto the Lord and uh, we just want to give back. You know, all times Christians sometimes get a bad name because they're always wanting something. I, I want us to give. I want us to give back. So we want to get in our community. We want to give back. And I said, we want to come. We want to clean Ace Hardware, the store. So what would be a good time? We set up a time went up there. So we're up there and I said, okay, Becky, and there was probably, I don't know, 20, 25 of us up there. And they said, okay, Becky, what do you want us to do? She said, well, the floors need to be swept and this area needs to be mopped and these items on the shelf all need to you kind of go down through there and get everything stacked up real neat, neatly on the shelf and, and what have you. And the stock room in the back was kind of some things that need to be done by there. And so everybody started divvying up their jobs doing their thing. I went to Becky. I said, Becky, where's the bathroom? She said, oh, no, you guys aren't going to clean the bathroom. I said, no, they're not going to clean the bathroom. I'm going to clean the bathroom. She said, Pastor, I am not going to let you go clean our bathroom. I said, listen, number one, I am not going to ask our people to do anything that I wouldn't do. And I want to lead by example. And I want to do everything I do as unto the Lord enthusiastically. I want to clean that bathroom. I'm cleaning it from top to bottom. It's going to be spotless when I get done. The only thing I need are rubber gloves up to about right here. If you can supply me some rubber gloves, I'm going to the bathroom. And reluctantly, she gave me those gloves. Man, I went in there, and I had the time of my life cleaning that toilet. And I'm scrubbing that toilet, and I thought, man, I want this to be the cleanest toilet they've ever seen. And when they come to sit on the potty, I want them to know, hey, I don't have to line this thing. It is spotless. Why? I take this verse literally every single day of my life. If it's cleaning the toilet... I'm going to do it enthusiastically. Are you with me? Guys, I got to live that. Every day I live that. I don't, I guess that's what I can't stand when Christians are murmuring and complaining and sour and negative. Oh my goodness, you don't need a new job, you need a heart transplant. You need to get your life right with Christ and realize that, hey, I'm an example of Him. And everybody's watching, especially if they know you go to church and they know you're a Christian. They're watching you. Oh, we need to be a good example for for Christ on the job. Right? That's good. I didn't know I was going to park there that long. That's a good verse. Right. Matter of fact, I think in your sermon notes, I think I put that bless my soul. I did. I want you to look, look at the memory verse that I put on your notes. This is a verse we should memorize this week as a family. I always give you a memory verse. This is it for this week. Let's read it together. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not men. I love that. That would transform the way we go to work on Monday. And if you'll start living that, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what's going to happen in your life. You're going to be amazed at things that start to happen in your life. Now I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it for the Lord. Got, You've got to be sure your motives are pure and your heart is pure. Do it for the Lord. Let me give you number two and three, and then I've got to I've got to go. Serve God where you work, okay? Number two, serve God where you work. I want you to look at the scripture in Ephesians chapter six, verse five and verse six. We're talking about serve God where you work. Look what it says. Notice in parentheses and italics, I added that, okay? But the scripture says, slaves. You could put in there workers. Obviously, we don't have slaves today, but put in there workers. When you go on the job, slaves will be us going on the job. OK, obey your human masters. That will be your boss. OK, so we're looking at this and slaves are workers. Obey your human masters with fear and trembling in sincerity of your heart as to who? As to Christ. It all ties back in to our relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember I said when you get that vertical relationship where it needs to be all this other stuff starts falling into place this is part of it. So workers obey your human boss with fear and trembling. Italics I added that in sincerity of heart as to Christ look at verse 6 don't work only while being watched <laughs> in order to please men but As slaves of Christ, do God's will from your heart. Let me park here for a moment. We've all seen these guys, haven't we? They're some of our co-workers, aren't they? Right? We know they don't do anything unless the boss is watching. And we're like, why are you doing something now? You never do anything when the boss is not around. But now the boss is around, now you're doing something. Listen, we know that happens, right? How many knows you've seen that happen in your job and in your place of work, right? I know I've seen it happen in my life. May that never be said of us as a believer. Don't work only while being watched in order to please men. But, because of Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, we're doing it. Enthusiastically, as unto the Lord and not unto men. So regardless who's watching, I'm giving you my best. Boss man, boss lady, you don't have to worry about me stealing time from the company. I'm giving you my best. You don't have to worry about me. Tell me what you need me to do. I'm going to get it done. Why? Because I am serving enthusiastically as unto the Lord. I realize my workplace is an opportunity for me to serve the Lord. I've had a transformation take place in my heart. I've had a paradigm shift take place in my mind. I'm now realizing I'm doing this all for the wrong reasons in the past, but now I'm doing it for the Lord. Things are going to change. I'm working hard whether the boss man is working or not, watching or not, because I'm doing it for the Lord. Does that make sense? Oh man, this is good stuff, right? There's so much more I could say about this. The third thing I want you to get, and I put the applications in bold there in your um, sermon notes for you, but the third thing I want you to see is that all of us are, are ministers, every single one of us. A minister is just a servant, okay? Don't get hung up on titles. There's too many people that get hung up on titles. Pastors are the world's worst, they get, oh, I'm, I'm the pastor. Well, that means you're the number one servant, right? Oh, no, I don't serve. I lead those that are. No, you serve. Are you with me? You clean the toilets. Don't ever ask anybody to do something you're not willing to do. So it's not about titles, right? We're all ministers. We're all every one of us. You see, I just, I just view myself as a pastor as just the lead servant, and I just want to lead and work and serve by example. We're all ministers. Here's one thing. At the foot of the cross, get this, the ground is level. And I always like to say this. There's no big odds and little used at the foot of the cross. It's level. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have behind your name. Your education doesn't matter. Your social status doesn't matter. How much money you have in the bank doesn't matter. How big or small of a house you have doesn't matter. What kind of vehicle you drive doesn't matter. That may do something in the world's eyes for you, but in God's eyes it does nothing for you. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Every single one of us are ministers. So whenever we go on the job, we need to realize that. You may say, well... Let me, oh I, just, oh, I don't have time to really unpack this. I probably will come back next week and unpack this. Because I want to get a little bit into the life of Daniel. I'll probably come back next week and finish that part out, okay? So don't let me forget that. I want to get down to the bottom part, if you will. So that's that Jeremiah 29 7. I'm not going to have time to unpack that in, the, in its fullness. I'm going to come back next week and unpack that, okay? So let me give you four suggestions real quick. Now I've given these to you before. If you take notes, you should have these already. But I thought it's a good way to kind of uh, go into the work week and focus on our careers and living enthusiastically for the Lord and doing everything we do for him and not for men. Let me give you four things real quick. As a matter of fact, Byron, if you will, go ahead and go to the slide that I believe that has all four on there. Just keep going. Here we go. Here's what I want you to do. I think I've got it also. No, nope, I've just got one at a time. The first thing, when you go on your job, don't brag. And what I mean by that, don't go bragging about you being some self-righteous Christian, right? Let that be seen in the way you work. Let that be seen in the way you act. Let that be seen in the way you react. Be the light of the world. You don't have to go in and brag about, oh, I... I used to do this, but now I've been redeemed. I've been sanctified and use all these big theological terms and try to impress people with how you love Jesus today. You know what? I'd rather you show me you love Jesus than tell me you love Jesus. Amen? The worst thing I hate to see is a bumper sticker on somebody's car that says, Oh, how I love Jesus. And they're driving like a bat out of you know what on the road and cutting off everybody and being disrespectful to everybody. Well, that's a a one. I'm glad you love Jesus. You're getting ready to meet him, right? You know, what a poor example that is, right? So don't go on the job bragging about, just let your life speak for itself, right? I hate, I don't hate a strong word, I hate even using the word hate, so I'm not going to say hate, but I dislike telling folks I'm a pastor. I don't want folks to know I'm a pastor. I don't, I don't care if folks know I'm a pastor. I don't, I don't need you to know that I'm a pastor, but I'm around some pastor friends from time to time. We're doing different things. They walk in some. Oh, I'm I'm the pastor of what? Who who really cares? I don't care. I'm John. I'm John. Oh, you're a pastor? Too? Yeah, but I just love Jesus really. I'm just the lead servant, right? So don't go bragging. Number two, don't nag. Don't go on the job. Calling out everybody's sins. When someone lets a curse word fly. To, oh, the Bible says you should not. And you give them chapter and verse right? and just hammer them. That's nagging. When they come in drunk from a hangover. Don't slam them for going out and getting drunk. You let me tell you why they're getting drunk. Because a sinner does what? A sinner sins. Why does a dog bark? Because he's a... Why does a cat meow? Because it's a... And, and cows give milk because they're... Cow. I mean, we can go on and on. Right? Sinners are going to sin because they're sinners. So you don't need to nag them about the, the fact that they're, they're sinners, right? Let them see Jesus in your life. Let them experience what love and compassion and mercy looks like. Let them experience what kindness looks like. Let them see what, what hard work looks like. With a smile on my face, and me being positive and happy while I'm doing it. Oh, that's going to speak in volumes, you don't even have to say a word, so don't go bragging, don't go nagging, don't lag. In other words, don't be slothful, be the best out there, okay? Don't lag, don't leave things undone, don't be late. I mean, one of my, I'm, that's one of my little pet peeves, you know? I think, fif- I think 15 minutes early is on time, on time is late, and late is never acceptable. Did you hear that? I, I personally think 15, I'll give you 10, 15 to 10 minutes early is on time. On time to me is late. And late's never acceptable. Now you can choose, I, I don't really have chapter and verse, but I have to go search and make something stretch to fit that. Okay? But that's just my personal philosophy of what I try to live by. If I'm telling you I'm going to be there at 9 o'clock, I'm probably going to be there at 8 8.50 at the latest I know Zach. I, I got to tell on myself right here. Oh, I got to tell on myself. Late is never acceptable. Zach, stand up. This is confession for the soul, right here. I had a meeting scheduled with Zach. Come over here, Zach. No, 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 no. This is. I want you. I, this is real. I'm a sinner, okay? I had a meeting scheduled, scheduled with Jack, or Jack, with, with Zach at a coffee shop, okay? So Zach shows up. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. He finally sends me a text. What time are we supposed to be there? I'm like, oh my goodness, Zach. I had failed to put it in my calendar, and I stood him up at the coffee shop. Not only was I late, I never even showed up for the meeting. I apologized that day and I begged and begged and begged for him to forgive me after that. Matter of fact, the next time we met, no, yeah, (laughs) go sit down. (laughs) No, the next time we met, I bought his coffee, I bought his lunch and whatever it is, I got to repay. I'm sorry. So sometimes we slip when you slip up, you need to own it. Are you with me? Right. But I think if you're going to be on time, be there early. So anyway, don't lag. Number three, don't or four, don't sag. What I mean by that. Don't fall back into your old lifestyle. If they know you're a believer and they know you're a Christian and you're trying to live for the Lord, don't let them see you regress or fall back into your old way of living. You know, if God's delivered you from cursing and swearing, he's delivered you from uh, sinful behavior or whatever, don't fall back into that simply because you get ticked off or you need to blow off steam or whatever, because that's going to they're going to see hypocrisy there. It's going to be a tough witness for the Lord when you start sagging. On the job. Are you with me? Alright. That's all good stuff. I'm gonna come back and unpack Jeremiah 29:7 and the life of Daniel next week. We're talking about priorities. Priority number one. Priority number one is our relationship with Christ. Priority number two is our relationship with our spouse. Priority number three is the relationship with our children. Priority number four is is our career or our jobs. So here's what I say. Let's all go to work. And I love going to meet, or I love meeting co-workers or supervisors or managers or boss men or women of Victory Church members. And I may be out with them somewhere and they may introduce me to one of their co-workers or bosses. And I love it when they say, Man, we just love so-and-so at our place of work. They are such a great worker and a great example. That does my heart good. Why? Because you're living out Colossians 3.23. You're doing everything enthusiastically as unto the Lord and not unto men. So I hope that's helped you today, okay? Doggone it, we don't have to go to work tomorrow. Don't you just hate that? Some have to go tomorrow, right? So let that be a transformation that takes place in our heart and in our life, okay? All right, guys, I am done. Why don't Tyler come back up? Let's close out with a song today. I mean, it is uh, Happy Daytona Day, so I want us all to leave here happy today. So he's going to get us a good song we'll dismiss with. While they're coming up, why don't we just pray together, and then I'll turn it over to Tyler to dismiss us, okay? Father, thank you for our time together today. We thank you for each and every one that is here. Uh, We just pray, Lord, you help us to leave here with some nuggets that we've gleaned from your word today, and help us to go out into our place of work, and whatever it is that we're doing, help us to do it with all of our heart, enthusiastically unto you and not unto
0: men. Bless each and every one here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you've just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.